Give it up for those crazy people. Welcome to Lex City Church. Uh, I believe churches that skydive together grow together, right? So next week we're gonna go cliff jumping and we'll go bungee jumping. We'll do something else pretty soon. But I love, what I love is we had a person come to our church last Sunday for the very first time. We had a, a, a spot open up to go skydiving and she went skydiving later. So I love that call to her mom. I went to this church, can I go skydiving? On the same day. And so, um, but welcome to Bucket List, the last week of our Bucket List series where obviously we let people kind of check things off their bucket list. But also we've been talking about like, how do we start really living our lives again? I feel like for a lot of us with this COVID season, the last 18 months, we've kind of put a lot of our dreams, our goals, our life, our visions on pause. And so how do we begin to really live our lives again? So today I wanna talk to those of you who feel like quitting, maybe you feel like throwing the towel in. And I asked some people in my life, like, do you know what that means? And they all knew that it meant to quit, but throwing the towel in actually comes from, it's like a boxing reference, right? Like when the boxer's boxing and they're, they're pretty much done, but they won't give up, their manager from the sideline takes the towel and he throws it into the ring to say, say I quit. Like he's done, it's over, right? And so a lot of us right now, we, we're coming in today, we're watching online today, and we feel like quitting. It's been a really hard season. It could be your marriage. You've tried, you've tried, and you've tried, and you're just like, I can't try anymore. I don't see how it's gonna get back to where it needs to be. I wanna quit. Some of us maybe wanna quit on a dream. You thought one day you could do this, and now you feel like there's no way, and maybe God gave you a ministry that you wanna start or do, and you feel like you can't do it, and you wanna quit on that right now as well. Maybe some of you, it's your kids. I'm not saying you wanna quit your kids. You wanna throw a talent on your kids, but it feels like maybe you have a kid that is really just lost right now. And you're like, I don't see how they're ever gonna get back to a relationship with Jesus. And just feels like you're quitting right now. It could be an addiction that you've tried to overcome and you prayed and you fought and you dedicated, you rededicated and just don't feel like you're ever gonna get to that place of freedom there. It could be a prayer for someone else in your life that you want to have a relationship with Jesus and come, and come to faith and it's harder. It feels like the harder you pray, the further they seem to get from God. And some of you, it may just be life. Life has been hard for a lot of people and You've done everything you can just to hang in there, but life just feels like it's too much right now. So this message today is for someone who's tried, who's prayed, who's there, but really wants to quit, and it's been a hard season right now. And I pray that today God would give you a renewed faith, a strong faith. We're gonna read in Hebrews uh, chapter 10 in a second, but before we do, go to lexity.info. You can click on message notes, and you can follow along with the sermon right there on your phone. And so here's the, the key verse for today, Hebrews 10. So do not throw away your confidence it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. You need to persevere. You need to keep going, keep trusting, keep believing. Hang in there. Because it says, so that when you've done the will of God, you'll receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. Have you noticed that God is rarely early, but he's never late? He says, in just a little while, he will come. Persevere. So our topic for today is, is just entitled Strong Faith, Strong Finish. But in a word, it's the word perseverance. I wanna give you a resource from a lady named Angela Duckworth, and she's someone who's really smart. She studied at Harvard, studied at Oxford. She's written books. And so she did, she did some research with a team and asked the question, why do successful people succeed? And so she and her team, they went and researched three different categories. They went to a really famous military uh, institution and researched there. Then they went to some really challenging schools and they did research there. And then they went and they researched spelling, national spelling bee champions. 
Really, really smart fifth graders who can spell words that are crazy long, right? And so they went to the cadets and they wanted to see in the military school which ones succeeded and which ones dropped out first and why. Then they went to these inner city schools and they wanted to find out which teachers were successful and which went the distance, which ones kind of quit at the end of the first semester and why. And then they looked at these fifth grade brilliant kids because they have... They all equally have talent. They all equally have researched all of these words and the origins and all these things. But which ones rose to the top and which ones would cave under the pressure? And so why are some people successful and some people aren't? And what they discovered was this, and it wasn't what they expected. It wasn't the IQ, which was the intelligence quotient. Instead, it was the AQ, the adversity quotient. It wasn't just how smart they were, but how much could they overcome? So not IQ, but AQ. Angela wrote a very uh, helpful book. The book is called Grit. If you've never read it, it's a great book. And in the book, she has a quote that I like, and she's basically defining what the word grit means, and she defines it this way. Grit is passion and perseverance for long-term goals. I love that. It's passion, so you're excited about it, right? But it's perseverance. And not just perseverance for a short season, like not perseverance for like, a semester or a week, but a long-term goals. We're talking about perseverance, like perseverance when you're raising a child with special needs, that kind of perseverance. We're talking about perseverance when you choose to follow Jesus, even when you have a chronic illness. Perseverance, like when it would be easier to walk away, but you stay in the fight and you keep going, that kind of perseverance. So how do you have strong faith over time? Today, I want to share, show you a very powerful story, and I believe that um, for many of us, like, will give us the faith to go on when it feels like it's easier to quit right now. The faith to finish strong, no matter if you're on the later season of your life or you're just starting your life right now. We're going to look today in the Old Testament. Where I'm going to give you some context, and we're going to look at the sixth chapter of the sixth book of the Bible. And so God has promised his people, Jericho, but yet they have not taken hold of that promise yet. And if we look at Joshua chapter six, we're going to kind of dive into that today. It says this, now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priest blowing the horns. When you hear the priest give one long blast at the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. The assignment was simple. Walk around the walls one time a day for six days. On the seventh day, walk around the wall seven times. Shout, blow your horns, and the walls will come tumbling down. So why do we give up when God has promised us so much in our lives? Why do we find it so hard to keep going and often lose trust in the promises of God? I want to show us today two reasons that I think are very common and the reasons that I've given in my own life as well of when I've given up. And so here are the two reasons. Why do we give up? Number one, our perspective is often limited. Our perspective is often limited. For example, let's talk about Jericho for a moment. Jericho's not a very big city, okay? You could literally walk around the town of Jericho in about an hour or so. But the problem was that the walls were extremely high, Extremely high. If you can imagine, the Israelites were so close to the promise. It was just on the other side of the walls. But the walls were so high, the promise seemed impossible to obtain. Maybe some of you can relate. 
You know what you want in your life right now. You have this goal and you know you want to get there. But it seems right now that the walls are too high. It seems impossible to obtain. Right now, you can see, all you see in your life is walls, obstacles, and problems. I know this is where I want to be. In fact, maybe even say, this is where God's called me to be. But all I can see is what's keeping me from the promise. Maybe you want to get out of debt, and you, and you got this vision to get out of debt, and you believe you're going to get out of debt. You're so into Dave Ramsey, you like tattooed Dave Ramsey on your arm. Like, you're really into Dave Ramsey. You're really into financial peace. You're really into getting out of debt. And you declare it. And then as soon as you declare it, what happens? Your car breaks down. Something happens at your house and you have to repair it. Some unexpected expense comes. Maybe for some of you right now, like you're declaring we're gonna go to church as a family, we're gonna get back into the church. And then what happens, right? You get the kids up for, for church that morning and they're not moving fast and they're not getting their clothes on and you're running late and you're yelling at everybody. You get in the car, you're cussing at your kids in the car and then you're like, okay, let's go in and let's worship Jesus now, right? <laughs> it didn't go the way you thought it was gonna go. Maybe you're trying to mend a broken relationship with a family member right now. And so you take them out to dinner and you're gonna have this tough conversation. Mistake number one, you went to a public place, right? So what happens? It turns into a shouting match and then they're calling security on you at the Applebee's, right? And it didn't go the way you thought it was gonna go. The problem is we have a very limited perspective. Here's what's interesting. If you remember our text, it says in verse one, Jericho was securely barred. It said, no one can go in and no one can go out. But then in verse two, God says, I've given you Jericho. So verse one, God says, you can't go in. Verse two, he's like, I've already given it to you. So why did he do that? Because God is the only one who can speak in the past tense before a present reality. In other words, he's the one, only one who can tell you what is when what is isn't yet. I wonder if you might be in a situation right now, and I like that in your life, where what he says about you is different than what you see about yourself. What he says about you is different than what you feel about yourself even now. In other words, God might say that you're healed, yet you feel broken right now. God might say that you're blessed, but you feel like he's forgotten you. God might say you're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the words of your testimony, but you feel overcome by life every day. And life is just too much. And why is that? Because our perspective is very often limited. It's like the Israelites, if you notice, they don't know the end of the story. God told Joshua, but Joshua didn't tell them. He said, go march around the walls. Get up on Monday, march on Monday. Get up on Tuesday, march on Tuesday. Get up on Wednesday, march on Wednesday. Rinse and repeat, right? If you don't know what happened, spoiler alert, on the seventh day, they went seven times around the walls, came tumbling down. If you didn't grow up in church, you didn't grow up in Sunday school, there was actually a kid's song about this. And it goes like this. I'm terrible at singing, but it said, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Sing with me if you know it. Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. And the walls came tumbling down. And now with hand motions. Okay, I don't actually know this. All right. Here's the deal. Joshua would have hated that song. It's a dumb song. He would have despised that song. You know why? Number one, it's a dumb song. Number two, because there's so much more to the story than that little song says. This wasn't like a seven-day joy hike, like, grab your canteen, let's look at the butterflies. Oh, there's a unicorn in the waterfall. Like, this is not what happened. This was more than 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Wondering, God, where are you? You promised this, but where are you? We believe that you will, but... 
we're hanging in there, God, but where are you? We don't want to give up, but we're not really seeing much, God. Where are you? We, do, we don't have faith. Well, we're trying to have faith. This has gone on forever. To put this in modern day terms, it basically be like saying like, let's say Joshua was living this long life and he was a little bit messed up and maybe he was addicted to drugs and maybe he was addicted to pornography and he's walking through this and he's overcoming and he went to a seven step program and then he found a little bit of freedom but then he backslid and then he went to another program and he got rededicated and finally, after all this time, he finally found victory and he finally found freedom. So it's a really dumb song. Don't teach your kids that song, okay? Here's the problem. So often we look at others and we see their success and we see their victory lap and we don't realize the price they paid and the pain they endured to get to that moment. And we don't know the story behind the story before we even know there was a story of them showing back up day after day, continuing to persevere, continuing to find that grit in their life. You can't imagine the private battles and the personal sacrifice of someone who continues to believe God even when they don't see the promise, when he assures it will come true. It's perseverance, it's strong faith, strong finish, it's the price, it's the private cost. So why do we give up? Number one, because our perspective is limited. Number two, our progress isn't always obvious. It's not always obvious. I'll show you this in scripture and the Bible says this. We continue on in Joshua chapter six. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. They did this crazy assignment for six days. Can you imagine the frustration? When you look at the story and realize it's not six days, it's 40 years plus six days. So these are warriors. These guys go to battle. Can you imagine they're like, so we walk around the city for six days and then we blow some horns and then this is gonna happen? Are you serious? This is decades of waiting, decades of trusting. They're training for battle. Can you imagine like their wives are texting them like, hey honey, how's battle going? How's the war? Right? And they're like, well, we did some light jogging this morning. We did some stretching. They told me later that we're gonna do some goat yoga. It's gonna be awesome, right? Like, like, they're like, what is happening? We are warriors. Why are we not going to battle? But the battle's coming. And they walked around one day and they walked around the next. And they didn't see anything, no progress, no evidence that God was with them. Wouldn't it have been cool if like, if like this moment was like a video game? You know, when you get to the new level, you get that like new level up sound. You know, like when you defeat something you get, and you do the circle around once around the walls and you get that sound? Like, wouldn't that like kept you going a lot more? Like you said, okay, we have progress here. Like we walked around the second time and then we heard that sound again, right? Wouldn't that be amazing? Like in a game, you walk around one time and like one seventh of the wall, like, like Wreck-It Ralph, it like falls down, right? You can see the progress. It's easy to go on when you can see the progress. You can fight for your marriage as long as you believe there's hope. You can keep paying down the debt as long as you believe one day you're actually gonna pay something off. You can even eat healthy if you know the beach is in your future, right? If you believe you can see some progress, you can endure the pain. But they're just walking around and they're not seeing any progress at all. 
And then what does Joshua do? He's like, he makes it worse. He says, hey boys, also, you can't talk. You're not allowed to speak. Not, not even one word. Why do you think that God told him to say that? I can't be sure, but I gotta believe that God knows that our mouths get us in a lot of trouble and our mouths can be our worst enemy. And if he would have let them speak, what would they have been saying? Bro, like, Joshua has lost his dang mind. We are walking around and now we can't even talk to each other? Because if they could speak, they would be saying, this is so dumb. Why are we doing this? We've been waiting for 40 years. We've been trusting. This is only getting worse. Where is God? Where is he at? How is this happening? That's why sometimes you gotta just tell yourself to shut up, to be quiet, and to keep doing what God told you to do. Sometimes you gotta preach to yourself. Shut your trap and keep on marching. Shut up and keep trusting. Shut up and keep praying. Shut up and keep loving someone who seems unlovable. Shut up and keep forgiving. Shut up and show back up when everybody else runs off. Sometimes you gotta talk to yourself, flesh. I don't believe you. I'm choosing faith. Circumstance, I don't believe you right now. I'm choosing God. I'm not walking by sight. I'm walking by faith. Shut up, feelings. I'm trusting God. What's interesting is that God told Joshua the process would take seven days, but Joshua didn't tell the people. Like for all they knew, they, were just, they just joined a really strange marching band, right? Like here we go again. This is frustrating. There's been no end in sight. When you're doing the right thing and it doesn't seem to make a difference, it's so much easier to honor God. It's so much easier to do what's right. It's so much easier to stay the course when you feel like what you're doing is working and it's paying off and you're seeing legitimate progress. You could stay pure in your singleness if you knew that God was gonna send you a hottie with a body in six months, right? Oh yeah, I'll serve God if that's what my future looks like. If you knew this was coming, you could deal with your spouse's anxiety or their mental health struggles if you knew that God was gonna heal that by Christmas. In other words, you can take the pain when you know God is still working when there's a payoff. But where is God in times like that? Where is he when you don't see him? Where is he when you don't feel him? Maybe, maybe God's building our faith in those moments. Maybe he's teaching us to depend on him even when we don't see the progress. And what I've heard before, and I know this to be true, is this, that God often does something in you before he does something for you. These last 18 months has just been, it's been an interesting season to, to be a part of a, a team that leads a church. Like pre-COVID, when we were making decisions as a leadership team, we would pray through them, we would talk through them, we'd seek wise counsel. And then we'd make a decision and we would be pretty confident that like 90 to 95% of the church would be like, yes, let's do this. We're on board, we're for this, let's go. Then COVID hits. And now when we're talking and we're praying and we're discussing things, we make a decision, we're literally going like, maybe half the people will think this is a good idea. The other half are not gonna like this. They are not gonna love this. It would have been really easy in ministry to take this towel and throw it in. I read a stat this week that 1,800 pastors are quitting per month right now. Just throwing the towel in. Throwing it in. And I remember when I, when I got into ministry 20 plus years ago, I didn't get into it because it was easy. I didn't get into it because I wanted to be liked or I thought it was gonna be this easy, fun thing. I got into it because I saw people dying in our world without a savior. And they need Jesus in their life. And it would have been easy. And I tell you, last 18 months, I've thought about this towel. It's been a challenging season to lead. 
And I had to remi remind myself, when you're tempted to quit, it's always good to remember why you started. In the same way, you might look at this towel and you can throw it and you can also pick it up. You can wipe the sweat off your face and you can keep on marching, you can keep on trusting God. And some of you, you've been faithful for a very long time. A very long time. You've been trusting God, you've been praying, you've been believing, you're still not seeing the promise. And I wanna tell you that you may be closer than you think. I'm reminded of a lady named Florence Chadwick, amazing woman, the first woman to swim the English Channel both ways. An incredible accomplishment. In 1952, Chadwick decided to attempt a 26-mile swim from the California coastline to the Catalina Island. And 15 hours into this grueling swim, a heavy fog just settles in on top of her. And she gets disoriented and she gets tired and discouraged and she wants to quit. She wants to throw the towel in. And people in the boat next to her are screaming like, just keep swimming, keep swimming. But she can't hear them. And eventually she quits. And she gets in the boat. And she realized what they were telling her was, you are less than a half a mile from the shore. You were almost there after 15 hours. I want to tell you, I don't know who this is for, but you may be closer than you think. Our text reminds us you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. And I believe it's always wise to learn from those that are a step ahead of you or a season ahead of you. And they've been walking in this faith journey for a long time. And I got to interview a few couples and I just want to show you one of those today. This is the Marshalls and their story. Marshall, this is my sweet wife Shelly, and I'm Shelly. We just got done skydiving. It wasn't really on my bucket list, but I loved it way more than I thought it would. So it was on my bucket list. It has been for forever. So I years him along, and he liked it more than I did. Yep, no question about it. No question about it. I've been on my faith journey for about a little over 40 years, and one one of the times that kind of sticks out in my mind of really exercising faith was when. God very clearly called us away from a church we loved right here in Lexington to move to Florida. And it was like, what is this about? But it was no question about it. Shelly said it was gonna be two years. And, and it was two years. Well, that was the weird part because that was going forever. And it turned out to be like two years to the day. So, so you know, God listens to me, I guess. <laughs> Anyway, it, that's one time that we really had to exercise our faith, especially leaving everything that's known to go to the unknown. One thing I guess I would really love for people to remember Rob by is he really represented Jesus well. He was a, a man after God's heart and really loved God loudly. So that's what, that's what I would love. Yep. I agree with that, although I want them to remember me by saying she went out like a barrel of lightning. Like a barrel of lightning. Bolt of lightning. That's a bolt yeah, of lightning. I feel like um, Rob and I are, are a team. We've kind of always been a team and we like working together um, with things. <laughs> yes, you do. You love it. <laughs> <laughs> With things at church, we've always loved kind of being able to we just um, got married. minister and care for people. My thing is hospitality. I like hospitality because I like people. Rob doesn't like people, but he's really good at teaching. So, 
He loves a good system. <laughs> oh boy, does he? He loves a good program. Give me the process. Just keep saying yes to God. That's, yeah. that's really saying yes fate. to the unknown. Yeah. Even it's when a, it doesn't make sense. I can come up with tons of reasons why. It's stepping out of a plane. It really is. That was scary. Yeah. Faith, um, definitely just leaning in to Jesus and and doing hard stuff. Life isn't easy. Boy, we found out life isn't easy. It is with you. Aww. Bonus points. <laughs> Check. <laughs> Maybe you're like uh, the Marshall, you've been walking your faith for a long time, and, and maybe you're even like the warriors, and you're walking around right now, and you're asking God to heal someone, you're asking God maybe to heal you of something, and you're walking, and you're walking, and you're believing right now for, through faith that God is going to heal you from that thing, and then you continue to walk. You don't feel like you're hearing from God. And you continue to walk and you're trying to trust, but you're like, God, where are you in this? And, and you continue to walk and you continue to walk and you're like, God, where are you? Did I not hear from you? Like, should I quit? Is this not something that I'm really supposed to be doing? But you continue to walk. And before you know it, you're on lap four and you continue to walk and you're like, God, I'm being persistent. I'm asking, but man, I'm about to give up. I'm not hearing from you. I'm not seeing how you're gonna make this right in my life. And before long, you don't even realize that, but you're on lap six. And you may be one lap away from the promise and you may be closer than you think. And someone needs to hear this today. Please don't quit on six. Don't quit on six. Don't quit on six, don't quit on five, don't quit on four, don't quit on three, don't quit on two, don't quit on one. Don't quit on God. Don't quit on your marriage. Don't quit on your children. Don't quit believing in a ministry. Don't abandon the church, don't abandon God. Don't quit on six. You may be so much closer than you think because you can take this towel and you can throw it in or you can pick it back up and you can wipe the sweat off your brow and you can keep on walking and you can keep on trusting. You can tell your feelings to shut up because you don't follow your feelings, you follow your faith. You may be closer than you think you are. Whenever you're ready, to, you feel like you're gonna quit, just remember why you started. I love what Apostle Paul says in Galatians 6. He says this, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let us not become weary in doing good. Let us not go weary in the march. Don't let us go weary in our faith. Don't go weary in praying and trusting and believing and hanging on when everybody else lets go. And we just keep trusting God and we just keep having faith and we just keep showing up. For at a proper time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Someone who's here today or watching online, please don't quit on six. Don't quit on God. He hears the cries of your heart. He is with you and he is always good. So what do we do? We have strong faith and we persevere and we find that grit in our lives and we'll experience the blessings of God. I don't know who this is for today, but man, the devil wants you to take this towel and he wants you to throw it in and he wants you to quit on God. But Jesus, what did he do with the towel? He took a towel and he washed people's feet with the towel. And he didn't make it about himself, he made it about others. And for some of you, maybe that's what your next step is today. 
is to pick up that towel and to stay in the game and to realize that his promise is true, that God's word is true, and you will reap the harvest, but you can't give up. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for the reminder in scripture, God, that you've called us to a long journey and you've called us to persevere. So I pray for those in the room right now that would say, I just feel like quitting. This has been a hard season in my life, a hard season in my relationships, a hard season in my finances, a hard season in my business, whatever it looks like for you. Lord, I just pray right now God, that they wouldn't quit, they would persevere. That God, that you would continue to give them strength, perseverance for long-term goals, God, that you would continue to remind them of that. As we continue to pray with everyone's head bowed, everyone's eyes closed, you may be in here today or watching online and you may say, you talk about faith, but I don't think I have a relationship with Jesus. I haven't started my faith journey. And I would tell you, man, there is no better day than today to start that. It says in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That means that God knows all of our sin, all of our mistakes, all of my mistakes, all of my junk in my life. And in spite of that, he chooses to love us anyways, unconditionally. And takes it one step further. He wants a relationship with us through his son, Jesus. So maybe you're in here today. Maybe you're watching online and you say, that's me, Zach. I wanna pray that prayer right now. I wanna ask Christ to come into my heart. If that's you right now with no one looking around, just lift your hand up so I can see you so I know who I'm praying with today. Just lift your hand up. Awesome. Anybody else that would say, that's me. I know I need Jesus in my life today. I'm gonna pray that prayer today. Very cool. Well, I'm gonna pray a prayer right now and you can say something uh, similar and your heart is just you connecting the very heart of God. Just say something like this. Say, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that my sin separates me from you. But today, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to save me. I ask you to change me. I believe in your son, Jesus Christ, and that he died on the cross for my sins and that he beat death and rose again. I'm tired of living for me. I wanna start living for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just celebrate with those that made that decision today? That's incredible. You'll always remember this day. I wanna encourage you, whether you're here in person or you're watching online, do me a favor, take a next step. Just go to Lexi.info, click on I Prayed. We wanna send you an information just over email and just let you know that we're excited for you, give you some next steps that you can take. But as we close out today, as we're reminded that, man, we wanna finish strong. Whether you're 10, 20, or 80, we wanna finish strong. We wanna have that grit, we wanna have perseverance. And so we're gonna stand as we close and worship together as we close out. So stand with me now.